In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You're advised that any views expressed by the hosts or their guests are not necessarily the views of Tuggy Entertainment or its partners. It's time to get happy. Harvesting happiness with Lisa Cypress-Kamen. A fresh talk radio approach promoting happiness because happiness is a choice. And happiness can be cultivated and harvested. Hence the name of the show, Harvesting Happiness. Lisa's going to shine a light on the well-being and global human flourishing by presenting a diverse and proactive collection of the greatest thinkers and doers who have devoted their lives to creating a better world in which to live. And as a filmmaker, psychologist, author, professor, and motivational speaker specializing in the field of happiness, Lisa Cypress-Kamen is widely recognized as an expert in the field. In the show, she'll also focus on military families, service personnel returning with PTSD, traumatic brain injury, and civilian life reintegration issues. So let's get to it. Harvesting Happiness on Togginet.com. And now, here's your host, Lisa Cypress-Kamen. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. Welcome to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. I'm your host, Lisa Cypress-Kamen. I'm here to speak with you today, as I do each and every week, about happiness, well-being, and human flourishing. Authentic happiness is not selfish, egotistical, or narcissistic. The achievement of a happy life is not only good for us, but good for those around us. Sustainable happiness is important because it not only elevates our own well-being locally, but also contributes to the collective flourishing of humanity on a global level. In short, happiness matters. Happiness comes from the heart, and this show is all about the heart. Before we bring on our returning guest, Dr. Alan Geddes, I want to open up the phone lines for call-ins at 877-864-4869. Again, that's 877-864-4869. Or you can jump into our Togi chat on toginet.com, and you'll find us in the chat room there, and you can pose your questions for Dr. Geddes or myself in that way. And you can also find us on Facebook at Harvesting Happiness. Well, Dr. Alan Geddes has been with us before, and he is a very interesting psychologist. Yes, he's a psychologist, but he hasn't been educated in a necessarily conventional way. He has degrees in psychology. He uh, was a Vietnam-era Army psychologist in the late 1960s. In the 1970s, he worked for seven years at a large mental health center as the chief psychologist. But he's combined his um, psychology and his psychological counseling in other areas that include through story, uh, Zen wisdom, and important methods organic methods, I dare say, to help people get unstuck and feel happier in their lives. He has written several books. I'll name a few here. Seven Times Down, Eight Times Up, It's All Part of the Dance, and The Happiness Solution. The Happiness Solution is one of our contest giveaways this week, so please join in our weekly contest on Facebook. We give away really 
cool gifts that include anything from our guest book. This week, again, it's The Happiness Solution by Dr. Alan Geddes. We give away Harvesting Happiness for Heroes baseball caps. We give away our sterling silver Happiness is an Inside Job Infinity Bracelet, which benefits Harvesting Happiness for Heroes, our nonprofit dedicated to uh, helping our returning military men and women uh, deal with combat trauma and other post-deployment reintegration issues. Let's get to it and welcome back Dr. Alan Geddes. Good morning or good afternoon where you are. Yes, good morning where you are. Thank you Thank for having me back. Oh gosh, well you are a pleasure and de- and a delight. And what I love about Dr. Geddes is how he weaves story into the practice of psychology and counseling and also just what a good story can do to help us heal and help us oftentimes chuckle at ourselves. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you a little story about why I tell stories. <laughs> uh, excellent. Yeah, very briefly. Uh, truth. Yeah, T-R-U-T-H, truth. Naked and cold was turned away from every door in the village because her nakedness would frighten the people. So truth was shivering and hungry, and parable, story, found her and cared for her, and she dressed truth in story warmed her, fed her, and then she sent her back out into the world again. And this time, when Truth knocked again at all the villagers' doors, clothed in story, she was welcomed. She was welcomed into their homes. They invited her to eat at their table and warm herself by their fire. So there's a wonderful way of helping people get messages that they need to get that isn't nearly as bold and frightening as maybe coming from other angles. And stories allow people to just resonate with them at whatever level they're ready to resonate with the stories. So I think it's a great way to uh, not put people off and to have them open up because we are all raised with stories. And, uh, you know, it's a wonderful fit. They're therapeutic. They are. And I love the story that you just told about truth. And it it does enable us, the the storytelling enables us to be passive in the experience, to sort of, you know, process the information and then decide where it fits, if it fits, how can we make it fit into our lives. And um, it's a beautiful and simplistic way of, of reaching others and being vulnerable ourselves when we tell our own stories. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when I tell my own story, and I do a lot of that in my books, uh, sometimes people are disappointed because it's a very human story. You know, when we think about uh, the Wizard of Oz or the great gurus, uh, we like to elevate them and put them above us and think that somehow they have the answers and we don't. And my books are personal enough so that people see my humanity. And some people are very, very uh, open to that, but others who were disappointed, you know, that that I too am uh, like everybody else, you know, that I have the same needs and struggles and fears and, and uh, so on. And uh, I think that's part of what I try to teach, is that we're all in this together. We are. 
we are in it together. And this, this concept of connection is one that is particularly um, interesting to me, especially in this new paradigm, as I like to call it. I delivered a talk a couple of months back on flourishing in the new paradigm mm-hmm. and what that means. And it is all about connection. It's about our social connection and our emotional connection with one another, which has replaced, in many cases, the, the financial. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I don't know how you feel about it, Lisa. I haven't uh, stayed on top of some of the things that I should, but, you know, my sense of it is that our connections have been fraying a little bit and that we need to really be aware of that because if we're aware of that, then we can take measures to make the necessary adjustments and repairs. If we're not aware of our connections fraying, uh, at some point in time we may be surprised by the consequences of those fraying connections. So, you know, one of the things that uh, I'd like to talk about is, is tuning in and not being distracted and really paying attention to what we need to pay attention to in order to make sure that our connections are strong and that we are making connections to places and people that really matter to us. Mm, in- indeed. And speaking of connection, we just celebrated the, the ultimate uh, connection day. Valentine's Day yesterday, oh, yeah. and I think that mm-hmm. we would we would be remiss if we didn't um, mention this in the in the in the context of love and connection and what it means to really celebrate that. And by saying that, yes, romantic love is what one com- what what comes to mind when we think about Valentine's Day. But really, that that uh, connection and love is on a much deeper level. Um, that reaches out into the ethers, into our communities. Can you talk a little bit about that? Sure. Um, Well, you know, most relationships start out well enough, you know, maybe even better than that. I mean, sometimes it's love at first sight or first this or first that. But then we know that Eros, the god of erotic love, after that initial capture, you know, that begins to erode somehow. Early on, we idealize our partners. And, you know, love in bloom, there's very few experiences that compare favorably to that. I mean, it's very exciting and very wonderful. But as relationships evolve, uh, an obstacle does present itself. I I would call that obstacle reality. (laughs) It's not the... We're all raised to think, oh, and they lived happily ever after. But our fantasies about what our lives with our partners should be like are really punctured. Realities like changing diapers, paying mortgages, things like that are just a few examples of what erodes uh, eros, and we become disheartened and disenchanted. And the typical refrain is, she's not the woman I married, or he's not the man I married, or, you know, and... As people begin to feel either less appreciated or hurt or neglected, whereas they're aging and their faces are changing and their bodies and are changing and breasts are sagging and bellies are getting bigger, I mean, it's it's many people are just not quite up to the task. So for me, I think a lot of in erotic relationships or romantic relationships, what's more to the point is that we have to continually revise those first drafts of love, you know, and and really many relationships first begin to get serious when disappointment occurs, and we begin to 
have to learn how to transform the blame and the finger pointing and our disappointment into something more viable and useful and meaningful and, um, you know, continue to find value in that. Now, some of that is just about maturation, but, uh, you know, I, I think that there's a lot, I think if we look at the divorce rate and the rate of people who stay together and unhappy, we know that relationships are complicated. We are going to have to go to a break, Dr. Geddes, and I would like to hold on to this thought. We do have a caller on the line that um, would like to speak with us, and we are going to go to a break and come back and continue the conversation about revising those first drafts of love, uh, what love looks like after time, and how resiliency plays into it. You're listening to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. This is Lisa Cypress-Kamen with today's guest, Dr. Alan Geddes. You can find Dr. Geddes at www.drgettis.com. Here come the tunes. We'll be right back. We know that life is tough. And that happiness can and does live along with adversity. We'll be right back to explain how on Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress-Kamen on toginet.com. Are you someone who leaps out of bed to greet the morning, amazed at your good fortune every hour of the day? Or are you someone like me who needs regular infusions of inspiration? I'm Meg Pierre, a photographer, travel writer, and creator of the website www.viewfromthepier.com which focuses on the human quest to connect with self, others, and a sense of wonder. Every day, the site features a new beautiful image from my travels around the world, captioned by an uplifting quotation. This daily dose of inspiration is available free. Viewfromthepeer.com also presents monthly interviews with fascinating people I have met in my travels who offer their personal stories and wisdom along with in-depth destination stories about cultural traditions from around the world. If your day could benefit from a quick change of scenery or attitude adjustment, I invite you to visit www.viewfromthepeer.com. Youth was sad because right. he had a deaf kid, mommy, and dad. Right. But that ain't the case. Nope. It wasn't his fate. No, the ones never struggled to communicate. Y'all wave your hands. Look who's on. It's the code man, Keith, and he's number one. It's that Keith Wine Show on Togginet.com, Wednesday nights at 8, 7 Central. Every week, that Keith Wine Show will have guests that share their experiences, expertise, opinions, and personal lives with us to hopefully help us better understand others. The topics and guests will come from the American Sign Language community. For more on Keith Wine, and end the show, go to his website, KeithWanWANN.com. Listen with an open mind and willingness to learn and help with the cultural bridge. Number number one, Keith's number one. Everybody clap because the Coda Man's on. Number number one, Keith's number one. Everybody clap because the Coda Man's on. Don't miss that Keith Wan Show. Wednesday nights at 8, 7 Central on Toginet.com. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress-Kamen on Toginet. The show dedicated to promoting happiness because happiness is a choice and happiness can be cultivated and harvested. Hence the name of the show. So let's get back to it. It's Harvesting Happiness on Toginet.com. And now, 
Back to your host, Lisa Cypress Cabin. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. This is Lisa Cypress Kamen, and I am here today with Dr. Alan Geddes. He is the author of several books, um, including The Happiness Solution, which we are talking about today. Prior to the break, we were talking about love, Valentine's Day, relationship, connection, and how it all ties into resiliency. And we do have some callers who are waiting to speak with Dr. Geddes, so I'd like to bring on the first one. Um, Good morning, Mike. Hello. Hello. Good morning. Thanks for calling in. Good morning. Is this Lisa? This is she. Hi, Lisa. Hi. Hi. I'm called in early, by the way, because when I saw that you were having Dr. Geddes, I tried, I guess over the past year and a half on a couple of shows that I heard him, I tried calling in, and I was put on hold and hold, and, of course, the show was over. So I was never able to really have a, a talk with him or at least ask him a question or two. And uh, so I jumped on as soon as I saw he was going to be your guest. I'm so happy that you did, and Dr. Geddes is at your disposal, so ask away. Okay. Well, <laughs> <laughs> now that I've got him, no, I don't know what to say. Let's see. The first thing I really wanted to say was, uh, you know, I, I, I read your first book, Seven Times Down. Mm-hmm. Eight times up, and mm-hmm. I was in a small uh, bookstore in Connecticut, and I remember, you know, searching for a book, and I kept thinking how all these books I've always bought about trying to get it together and find happiness. You know, they, they read like books from a college lecture where after you got through reading a 15-page chapter, it didn't, it, it didn't tell you anything. And so I didn't have much hope when I picked up your book, but right off the bat, uh, I remember it being page seven, uh, I read a story. It took me probably 60 seconds. All your stories are so short. Um, and it changed my life. I, I had to tell you, I've been meaning to write you, but I, I just do, do like Do you remember the story, Mike? I remember the story. Do you remember the story? Uh, this is a story I have, it, you know, like on a small piece of paper I carry with me, not the whole story, but the lines from it. The story was called Letting Go. Oh, I, I know the story you mean. Yeah. <laughs> uh, now, the reason... Um, I say that is a a number of people over the years have said that this is a story that has meant so much to them, and um, I'd be happy to share it, you know, on on air now, if you'd like. Please. Uh, It's a pretty well-known Zen story, and it has to do with two monks who are walking in a heavy rain on a dirt road, and they come across a very young woman who's wearing a silk kimono, and she, she's at a very muddy section, and she's trying to get across. So the one monk swiftly grabs her, lifts her, and carries her over the mud and puts her down. And then the two monks continue on their way, walking silently toward the monastery, and they finally are approaching the monastery grounds about two hours later. And, and at that point, the second monk who witnessed this couldn't restrain himself anymore. He was huffing and puffing, and he shouts, What's wrong with you? We monks are celibate. We don't even go near women, especially not young, lovely women. Why did you do that? And the monk who did it simply replied, Are you still carrying her? I put her down hours ago. And I think, you know, that's a good story to illustrate. Is that the story you're talking about? Yeah, and and, and if I can't, Doctor, you know, uh, I know you're, you know, from the Vietnam era like me, and and uh, when I get out of service, you know, a lot of people, mm-hmm. a lot of vets, I, I'll speak for a lot of guys who wouldn't say it, it's not so much the things 
that happened to us, say, during the conflict, during the war, during whatever, it's sometimes it's the things that we did that mm-hmm. we carry with us. Mm-hmm. And that was part of my thing. All those many years, I, I carried not just that, but, but a load of things with me, and like just baggage I couldn't dump. Yeah. They're yeah. with me all the time, in the back of my head. Or, yeah. you know, and I, I've been successful in life. It's just that it, it's always been there. And then I picked up this book, and I mm-hmm. got to that, you know, that first, second chapter, actually. Yeah. And I read those lines about, are you still carrying her? I put her down, uh, whatever, what, hours ago. And I realized that's what I had to do, and I did. I mean, from that point, I didn't do it that hour, but over the next couple of weeks, couple of months, I let go of all the, this baggage I've been carrying around, and it just it turned my life right around. It really did as far as how I feel every day. So I, I, the purpose really was just to say hi, and, and I've, uh, I have your happiness solution. To be honest with you, I just got to like 20 pages of it, and I've already ordered, I uh, can't think of the new title of one you have out. Uh, it's it's all part of the all part of the thank you all part mm-hmm. of the I got that order through Amazon. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just think that your books, unlike anything else, I mean, I've given them to to my kids to read. They they're just too easy to read. I mean, you can you can read it for ten minutes, put it down. You don't have to worry about characters or anything. It's just there's something in there for everyone, and I. I just, oh, thank you. I want thank to you. thank you very much. Well, I'm glad I'm glad that uh, that's and I know Lisa, has such from, an impact. From what I see, pardon me, on the show is. Uh, involved with these young guys returning, returning vets, and I, I wish there was someone like Lisa around when I came back, uh, you know, but there wasn't. So, uh, but it's good for these guys need need all the help they can get. Oh, thank you, Mike. It is something that has been uh, life-altering for me to be involved yeah. with these men and women. You know, sure. I, I do work with women, which is uh, comes with a whole host of other issues that they've been experiencing when they've that. been deployed. Yeah. But the, um, you know, you you offer something really incredible about the process of letting go because they come home. These men come home with such guilt and yeah. heaviness and shame, and their ability to rise and understand that what they did or what they witnessed was in the course of war and part of their job description, you know, yeah, that it does not def- need not define them. And that is the, the turning point when all of the healing can start to take place. Yeah, agree, agree. So uh, kudos to both of you. Keep up the good work. Thank, Thank you, you, Mike. Mike. Thanks for calling in. Thanks for yeah. being the early bird. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to sit back and enjoy the rest of the show now. Please do. Thanks. Thanks again. Oh, that was bye bye. Thank bye-bye. you. Uh, that was a that was a, a nice a nice phone call, and it's, it's wonderful nice. to hear how all of these things begin to weave together like a beautiful tapestry. You know, the, mm-hmm. through your work and the military experience for most people is a life-altering experience. You know, I'm sure that it precipitated you seeking out different modalities to add to your practice going back 30 years, 35 Definitely. years. Definitely. You know, my, my brother uh, fought in World War II. I had another brother who was a disabled vet from Korea, another brother who served overseas in the Cold War. I was uh, in for a couple of years in the Vietnam era. Uh, so I have a deep appreciation of the military experience. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm big on whatever works and whatever culture or story or discipline or practice is going to help people. So, um, yeah, it, it sort of expanded my horizons a bit. Indeed. And, um, you know, this leads me to another question that always a good question. How does one find happiness 
amid chaos and confusion, like the situation when a, a young man or woman is coming home from war and they, they do feel that sense of being lost. How mm. does one recapture some joy? Yeah, I think slowly. You know, I think uh, it's such a difficult experience, and it does require some measure of realizing that it's a process that's going to occur over time. I know one of the things that you talk about is happiness is a choice, and I believe that, and I know so many people in the field believe that. Um, but, you know, it, it's not exactly a choice like we can say, okay, I'm going to be happy. We have to, we have to be able to process things and do our work and, and practice many different things to put us in a position to really successfully make that choice. So I think, uh, you know, there's a lot of work to be done, and people have to find out uh, how to do that. Um, what, what, coming back, you know, you're so consumed with what you experience that there's not much room for anything else. So it, it's slowly getting outside of yourself and realizing what you do have, what your life could be like now, and to begin to appreciate that, you know, that you've made it through a very, very traumatic and tough time in your life. And as you said earlier, you know, to work with any feelings of being ashamed or feel guilty and, and, and to, to come to terms, you know, to come to terms with the experience. You know, I, I, what I like to say, and I use it in my tagline everywhere, is that happiness is an inside job. And mm-hmm. the, wor- the word job is the operative word in mm-hmm. that, yes, there is choice involved, but it does take work. It's like you want to be a bodybuilder, you go out and you train your muscles. You want to mm-hmm. be thin if you're heavy, you uh, go on a diet. You want to get ahead financially, you find ways of crafting a business plan for yourself mm-hmm. and you go out and actively seek it. So it doesn't come it's not a passive experience it no. is the, it's the byproduct of doing what you love and finding yourself um, filled with passion purpose place and meaning which we often talk about but I don't mm-hmm. think it is a, it's a fall in the lap kind of thing so I want to be real clear about that yes yes definitely yeah you know with anything I mean if you practice it and you're committed to it you get better at it yes and a lot of people don't realize that happiness is is sort of similar. You can learn what produces happiness and why people are happy. You can learn mental health skills that produce happiness, and then you can practice them, and you can get better and better and better. So, you know, that's what I try to emphasize in the happiness solution, that this is doable. This is not beyond you, you know, no matter what your life experiences have been. This, uh, you can, you can learn through the stories, the principles that you need to practice in order to uh, get mentally healthy and get happy. Beautifully said, Dr. Geddes. We are going to go to a break in about 45 seconds. And Mm -hmm. to find out more about Dr. Geddes and his books, you may find him at www.drglikegeorgeettis.com to learn more about Harvesting Happiness for Heroes, which is our nonprofit dedicated to offering stigma-free support 
services to warriors and their loved ones challenged by combat trauma and other post-deployment integration reintegration issues. You can find us at www.hh, the number four, and heroes, H-E-R-O-E-S dot org. You're listening to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio with Lisa Cypress-Kamen. Today's guest, Dr. Alan Geddes, and we're talking about the happiness solution. Here come the tunes. We know that life is tough and that happiness can and does live along with adversity. We'll be right back to explain how on Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress-Kamen on Toginet.com. In today's business world, a helping hand or idea that doesn't come with an invoice is a treasured find. And if that happens to you, then you need to pay it forward to keep other entrepreneurs from making mistakes or getting a raw deal. It's called Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi. Wednesday mornings at 10, 9 a.m. Central, Josephine is going to have the guests describe their accomplishments, the lessons they've learned, both good and bad, and then sharing those pieces of knowledge as we create a movement of Paying It Forward. For more information about Josephine, her business, and background, you can go to MyMomKnowsBest.com. Josephine Girasi has always been a problem solver. She saw this need and has turned it into a movement. It's Paying It Forward with tips, tools, and advice, and hard lessons learned. These pieces of knowledge can make a huge difference for you, your business, and others. So join us for Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi, Wednesday mornings at 10 a.m., 9 a.m. Central, on Dugginet.com. Want to be challenged in a powerful way to leap beyond what you think is possible? Then join us Mondays for the Leah Jansen Show, every Monday at 10 a.m., 9 a.m. Central, on Dugginet.com with Leah Jansen. Listen live as life coach Leah uses her coaching skills to give you the tools you need to take action and create momentum. You are encouraged to call in and share your greatest fears, challenges, and obstacles. And then listen as Leah obliterates those barriers to success. For more on Leah and the show, check out her website, leahjansen.com. That's Leah, L-E-A-H-J-A-N-T-Z-E-N.com. Spend one hour with Leah, and you'll be captivated by her energy, enthusiasm, and magnetism. You'll quickly become addicted to her positive attitude and make-it-happen mentality. Ready for a life-changing, mood-altering show? Then get ready for Leah Jansen. And listen live to The Leah Jansen Show every Monday morning at 10 a.m., 9 a.m. Central on toginet.com. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress Cayman on Toginet. The show dedicated to promoting happiness because happiness is a choice and happiness can be cultivated and harvested. Hence the name of the show. So let's get back to it. It's Harvesting Happiness on Toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lisa Cypress Cayman. Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio with Lisa Cypress-Kamen, and today's guest is Dr. Alan Geddes. We're talking about the happiness solution. We're talking about finding happiness amidst chaos and confusion. And in our last segment, we spoke with a caller about letting go, letting go of emotional baggage and the ability to feel freedom and create space for something more and different. Um, Welcome back, Dr. Geddes. Thank you. Thank you. 
Thank you. We have another caller on the line. Her name is mm-hmm. Elaine, and I would love to see where she's going to take us on the journey because I think that the callers are are, are driving the uh, the train today. Good morning, Elaine. Good morning. Thank you for calling. Thank you for taking my car. Appreciate the offer. Oh, a pleasure. Well, ask away. You have Dr. Geddes and my attention. <laughs> Wonderful. Thank you. Well, I, I listened to what Mark asked. You know, this is a very crucial question. I do understand, you know, every one of us do, you know, come with some baggage. How, you know, do you guys offer, like, uh, a formula, a suggestion, how do we, you know, ordinary people can, you know, uh, do the letting go process? Like the, uh, to forget, try to unload the the past unpleasant event, the experiences, the feelings. How do we truly can let go? It's hmm. a very good question, you know. Um, and I think uh, we want to really talk about the importance of your thinking and what you pay attention to. Because it's hard to live a positive life with a, a negative mind. You know, if, if uh, you've been through a lot and you're feeling any kind of pessimism or you feel cursed or you're questioning why me and you have a lot of negativity about your life experiences, it's really a breeding ground for anger and frustration and unhappiness. So we want to make sure that you you get a sense that how you feel is going to be depending upon what you choose to think about. You know, on any given day, we can spend our time thinking about the past or the future. You know, we can be imprisoned by the past. We can be fearful of the future. But wherever you go and whatever you do, you're always at the same destination. It's always here. And it's always now. So the, really the present time is, is our reality. And if you learn how to be fully present in the moment, just fully doing what you're doing with who you're with, embracing that, there's not an awful lot of time to indulge our histories, our past, or our fears about the future. So one of the things I like to do is just teach people, help them to be very present without an agenda, really, in whatever they're doing, wherever they're at. Um, what about you, Lisa? Well, I, I, I wrote down three three words um, mm-hmm. as Elaine was talking. One was acknowledgement, mm-hmm. second was forgiveness, and the mm-hmm. third is energy. And I can explain a little bit what I mean in, in greater detail. We don't have a lot of time, but I think that when we have been through adversity and life in the past has not been easy, it's important that we don't forget. I don't think the oper- operative goal is to forget what happened to us, but to forgive uh, what went on and to reframe those experiences um, into how it served me to learn, how it served me to grow. And even though some of these experiences might include the unthinkable or unspeakable, because these things do happen, especially um, you know in in the in the military life, I hear these stories all the time. And how do you work with somebody when they have been through the horrendous? Well, it it, it does require a little bit of an attitude adjustment. That's not minimizing what what they experienced or what mm-hmm. you experienced in this case, Elaine, but um, seeing um, 
how, and I'm going to make this in a very light way, the, the, the lemonade you've made out of the lemons. <laughs> because perspective is everything. Yeah, yeah. Um, do we have time for me to tell a little story? Of, we about do. This? Okay. Elaine, are you still with us? Yeah, yeah, I'm listening. Oh, okay, wonderful. Elaine. Okay. Um, you know, there's a story about a, a spinster woman who lives alone in a rural area, and she looks out her window and she sees two boys at the beginning of the lake skinny dipping, and she calls the sheriff, and she says, uh, you got to come tell these boys to get away. And he goes down there and he tells them to leave. And about 15 minutes later, she calls back, and she says, they're still there. They went about 100 yards downstream, but I can still see them. So once again, the sheriff goes, and he tells the boys to leave. An hour later, she calls back, and she says, they're still there. And he says, you're kidding me. And she says, no, if I go into the attic, and I look out the little attic window while I'm standing on my step stool, and I look through the binoculars, I can still <laughs> see them. <laughs> so, you know, this is what I mean by what we pay attention to is so important because we all have histories and, you know, we've all got demons in our closet. We've all been hurt. Our hearts have been broken. Uh, you know, in many ways, we, we, there's no escape from those experiences. But if you look for them, a thousand things go right every day. You know, the things are always going right, but we're not looking for them. One thing goes wrong, and we have a rubbernecking delay on the highway. But we have to rubberneck for what's good in our life, what we're grateful for, what we appreciate, to look for the things that are going right, because they're really there. Yes, I, I, I would concur with that. There was a, a, a wonderful book that was written about, I think it's about six years ago, by Jeanette Walls called The Glass Castle. And I don't know if you've read it, Dr. Geddes, or perhaps uh, you have, Elaine, but it's basically this woman's autobiography of how she was raised in basic abusive circumstances and how at each turn as she's writing this book, she's portraying the love of her family and how connected she was to each of these family members, even even though some pretty horrible things had happened to her. And one of the reviewers uh, wrote that, um, you know, when God was handing out whining rights, he clearly gave them to Ms. Walls, and she chose not to exercise them. Hmm. Hmm. That's and, that stuck, no. and that really stuck with me, was the yes. comment. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep, yeah. that's, that's very true. Yeah, yeah because I, I totally, you know, agree. It's very enlightening. Thank you. Seriously, you know, um, you just depend on you paying attention to it. Yeah, then, you know, just... Usually, you know, I'm pretty much upbeat, you know, all the time. Mm -hmm. you know, we're cheerful on the outside. Everyone see me, they say I'm always upbeat, cheerful, and smiling. Mm -hmm. Good. Yep. You know, yeah. I do kind of yes. recognize the importance of, you know, the present moment right now, you know, be oh, grateful good. for what I already have. Yeah. Good. Uh, you know, sometimes we can't help whether thoughts pop into our head, you know. Sometimes thoughts will just pop into our head. We wish they didn't show up. But once they're there, we have a decision to make, whether to be bluffed by the thought, whether to pay attention to it, or whether to let it go and shift our attention. Yeah, because it's really, you know, hard to I understand the importance of forgive. You, you mm -hmm. forgive somebody, and then you can forget. But the, but the question is, 
how can you really forget? Because it did happen. Mm-hmm. And look, that's, 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 that's um, you know, a choice there. I, I, I would add that you that you don't forget that the you goal don't. is not yeah. to forget, but to use the experience contextually and as as um, how how you can grow, how you can be the best that you can be uh, out of the experience. Which no one is minimizing that some of these things that go on as part of our human experience are really horrible and um, unfortunately <laughs> bad things do happen. But in order to not just survive, but the goal is to thrive, is to go beyond just uh, walking and breathing, but to have some meaning in life, to have to be able to experience joy and to give it as well, not just to, to have it for ourselves, but to give it away. And I think that that is one of the keys to cultivating greater happiness is, is, is what you're able to give away, how you're able to serve, how you're able to share your gifts. Mm-hmm. And help other people. And help yes. other people. Yes. And yeah. um, I, I, I want right. to just touch for a moment on helping other people because Dr. Geddes gives all the, uh, the profits from his books uh, to charity. And this is a, a shining example of, uh, of, of giving it away both monetarily and altruistically. Can you talk a little bit about that, Dr. Geddes? Yeah, sure. Um, I think giving is such a big part of, um, you know, being of service. We're all in this together, like we said earlier, and we all need to find ways of giving something of ourselves. I, I When I speak about giving, I'm not just talking about monetarily. Sure, I, I give the all the money to charities from the sales of my books, but it's very important to just give generously of yourself. You know, it's uh, if somebody's littering out throwing a McDonald's bag out the car window, uh, that's really our, our world. I mean, we are in this thing together. So when you're holding back and you're not giving and you're not giving kindness and you're not being generous and you're not giving compliments, I mean, a lot of that, to me, since everything is so connected, it seems like... You, you know, uh, you, you're sort of, if you're doing any harm to the environment or to another person, it's really like shooting yourself in the foot. So I really try to give back of myself, and I ask people to give because I want to practice what I preach, and I want them to feel better. And we know that when you give of yourself, you become less consumed with you, and you're making more room for connection, more room for people, and more room for for positivity. That is an absolutely perfect note to end on as we go to a commercial break. You're listening to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. I'd like to thank Elaine, our caller, for bringing up a very important point once again. Thank you so much, Elaine. You can find out more about Dr. Geddes at www.drgeddes.com. Join us on Facebook at Harvesting Happiness for our contest where we are giving away a copy of The Happiness Solution. And find out more about me and the work that we do through Harvesting Happiness for heroes at www.hh the number four heroes that's h-e-r-o-e-s dot org here come the tunes we'll be right back where is my heart we know that life is tough and that happiness can and does live along with adversity we'll be right back to explain how on harvesting happiness with lisa cypress cayman on toginet.com Ladies and gentlemen, it's 
time for you to be a rock star. Get ready to rock with Rock Talk and Craig Deswalt and learn how to achieve rock star status in your industry every Tuesday afternoon at 2, 1 central on Toginet.com. Craig Deswalt is the creator of the Rock Star System for Success. Craig will share easy tips and strategies on how entrepreneurs and businesses can use outside-the-box marketing strategies to stand out from the competition. Each high-energy show will feature interviews with celebrity rock stars as well as business rock stars. For more on Craig, the show, and the Rockstar Marketing Boot Camps, check out the website, CraigDuswalt.com, so you can learn how to be perceived as an expert and celebrity in your field, so more people can be you to buy your services and products. Then, get ready to be a rock star with Rock Talk and Craig Deswalt. Tuesday afternoons at 2, 1 Central on Tugginet.com. Part of the Grateful Good. Grateful Nation brings together patients, families, friends, and staff of Beth Israel Deaconess Medical Center to support the quality care and groundbreaking research at the medical center. Through new and traditional media, members of Grateful Nation share experiences, thank our caregivers and researchers, participate in sweepstakes, and gather to sponsor and host events and much more. Being grateful inspires others to be grateful as well. Isn't it time we jumpstart some perpetual gratitude? Visit Grateful Nation online to find out more at www.gratefulnation.org. Have a grateful day. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress Cayman on Toginet. The show dedicated to promoting happiness because happiness is a choice and happiness can be cultivated and harvested. Hence the name of the show. So let's get back to it. It's Harvesting Happiness on Toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lisa Cypress Cayman. Welcome back, everyone. I'm here today with Dr. Alan Geddes, who is the author of several books, including The Happiness Solution, which is what we are talking about today. And I want to read to you a little something-something from the back cover, because this describes Dr. Geddes in a nutshell. Dr. Geddes believes wholeheartedly that learning to be happier is eminently doable. The happiness solution encourages, inspires, and points the way by weaving storytelling with Zen wisdom, cognitive behavioral therapy, and positive psychology. And that says it all, doesn't it, Dr. Geddes? Well, that's a pretty powerful statement. Yeah, it says a lot. It says a lot. You know, it's about, uh, you know, learning to think a little bit differently, learning to um, turn the screws maybe a quarter of an inch in the way that we think and being rewarded with um, huge shifts if we allow it. Yeah. You know, when I was first out of school, there was a temptation to find solid ground by just uh, studying a particular method, you know, a gestalt method or a psychoanalytic method and get additional training. But um, I, I was just too excited by so many different things that I was reading and experiencing. And even the addition in the last 10 years of positive psychology, you know, was um, quite a boost to how I relate to uh, my practice and to uh, the profession in general. So 
it kind of began with traditional psychology and then uh, Zen Buddhism in particular and cognitive behavioral therapy and now with the addition of positive psychology. And I'm just wondering what's around the corner. Yeah, indeed. And positive psychology is the uh, mainstay of how I practice. And positive mm-hmm. psychology really is, for our listeners, a, a, about um, strengths-based focus. You know, it's about putting our attention on what's right with life versus what's wrong. And the um, emphasis is not on analyzing what happened, but creating how we want to be. You know, identifying our strengths and even in some cases our weaknesses and how to cultivate those to work for us in a more efficient way. So it's forward-based is how I like to describe it. Mm-hmm. For me, it's been a real shift away from the focus on uh, psychopathology in the field and really more toward wellness and, you know, looking at uh, how do we go from just feeling okay uh, to really feeling good and to find that purpose, passion, and meaning that we talk about. And that's what I think is eminently doable. Indeed, indeed. And um, I, uh, one of my mentors is Dr. Robert Biswas-Diener, who is the, the son of Ed Diener, who is one of the mm-hmm. grandfathers of positive psychology. And I've been studying with him for the past several months, doing additional positive psychology certification work. And one of the things that he really is emphasizing now in his work is courage. Mm-hmm. You know, what, what is it about courage that helps us? that gets us to stretch. And it's particularly useful in the military work because you have these men and women who are hugely courageous in what they've done. Going off to war is not for the faint of heart. And then when they come home, the fear and displacement and uncertainty that they experience and how to recapture the courage and the bravery and the strength of heart and move forward in their lives using the the principles of positive psychology. And I find that part fascinating. Yeah, and for me, I think sometimes uh, when people hear the word courage, they equate that with not feeling frightened. And to me, uh, you know, there's no discrepancy. I mean, you can feel frightened and still live your life courageously. And I think most of us can identify with this because the majority of us have struggled or are struggling with something that is kind of scary. And uh, But despite our fears and doubts, we can proceed, and we can proceed, and that's where courage comes about, proceeding despite our fears and doing what is of value to us, you know, what we think is important to do, to take chances, to risk. Uh, and that's the only way that we're really going to grow and get what we are hoping to get is by willing, by being willing to take those kind of chances. So I, I think, you know, it's it's important to meet these challenges, even if we have to muddle through to get there, you know, to trust ourselves that we're going to be okay if we, if we do this, rather than to be immobilized and frightened to the point where we never act on our, our dreams or our wishes. Yes, yes, I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. And it brings me to um, something that you do that I find is very courageous, mm-hmm. and that is you are a marathon runner. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've probably run about 25 of them. And, um, you know, for me, it's just uh, 
something that uh, takes me in a direction that is positive, you know, putting one foot in front of the other, going in a forward direction. And, uh, you know, a lot of people ask me, well, what do you do? Do you listen to your iPod or do you, you know, uh, well, what is it that you do? And I just, I don't do anything. I just run. And whatever comes up, comes up, you know. So I think uh, you never quite know. You know, a lot of it is just being present in, in the run. But it's interesting that you mentioned that because anything and everything usually does happen during a marathon and nothing is surprising. And I was at the the 23-mile mark of the Alaska Marathon, and I come across two guys who are talking to each other where the one guy is saying, I'm not leaving you. We're going to finish this together. And the other guy says, I can't do it. Just go. Leave me. He said, I'll never leave you. I'll never leave you. We're going to do this. This went on for a couple of minutes, and I thought, wow, best friends, brothers, I don't know what they are, but that's wonderful. And then finally the one guy says to the other one, he says, oh, by the way, what did you say your name was? <laughs> so, you know, uh, you can make a new friend at the 23rd mile mark of the Alaska Marathon, but it's that kind of an experience, you know, where, where anything can happen. And um, it's a real, I think, uh, challenge to find out a lot about yourself and, you know, your determination and... Uh, uh, there are some just wonderful, heartwarming, inspiring stories about what happens to people during marathon running, and I have a few of them in the book. And we are going to save, you know, we should probably devote a whole show to sports and psychology because we also have Coach Chrissy Carew who's been on our show a couple of times, and she works with NFL players, and that mm-hmm. might be fun to really talk about how one uses athleticism to get oneself into this positive place. But I want to uh, talk a little bit about the 11th hour, you know, that, mm-hmm. you know, the 23rd mile, when you feel mm-hmm. like you can't go on mm-hmm. and um, what happens, the miracles that can occur if we allow. And that, go, yeah. go ahead, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I was going to say, uh, yeah, at that point, everything is mental. You know, it's said that the last couple of miles are really like the second half of the marathon. You know, that you're all of a sudden you're going fine for 20, 22 miles or something, and then you come to those last miles, and you have no legs. Your body is just telling you with every step to, to uh, don't do this, stop. And that's where, you know, you're... You talk to yourself, and you're either going to get through it or you're not, depending on that conversation. Um, I always think it's very important to relentlessly encourage yourself, whether you're running a marathon or you're not, you know, and to be the best friend that you can to yourself. So those late miles are a wonderful opportunity to practice um, getting on your side not giving yourself a hard time, not creating any further obstacles for yourself because, uh, you know, there, whether you, whether you call that determination or perseverance or courage, or there are probably lots of different labels that you can apply to it, but you're going to have to call upon your inner resources, your faith in yourself, your whatever mystical things that you might have lurking about. You have to call on the whole arsenal at, at uh, those last couple of miles. And I think that that is the point of the way that you and I 
work. It is about uh, um, using uh, or creating an arsenal of um, strategies and tactics to champion ourselves to a more contented place where that sense of well-being and thriving and flourishing is very much alive. And that is, um, again, back to the energy. Where do we choose to focus our energies? Yeah, that's a critical uh, question, so crucial and so much at the crux of uh, feeling good and uh, creating a better world for ourselves, for our families, for our communities, for each other, for the planet, you know, is, is how we utilize those energies. And are we going to be part of the problem? We're going to be part of the solution. Are we going to, um, you know, whatever we do, there's a ripple effect. There's some contagious quality to it. We've even studied this in psychology. We know that, you know, random acts of kindness foster more random acts of kindness. And so I, I think that's a very, very key question that you're raising. Well, we are out of time, and we will we will do this again because I love our conversations, and I love um, the people that join us in 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 these conversations on the air, and it's uh, it inspires me. It um, it challenges me to continue to keep showing up in in offering different perspectives and different ways of presenting this material because there is so much here. And I think that, you know, that that presence of being here in the moment and the mindfulness part of it is the, one of the simplest and fastest keys that anybody can use, that when you just um, focus on being here right now, and that sounds a little trite, um, you can't really look through the rearview mirror or through the windshield. So we are going to... Um, depart for now and I want to just offer a couple of of thoughts before we do that happiness is not a destination it cannot be bought sold or traded happiness will never invite you to the party happiness simply comes down to a choice to show up each and every day in the world with passion purpose place and meaning thanks for joining us on harvesting happiness talk radio this is lisa cypress cayman and dr alan geddes wishing you kind thoughts kinder words and the kindest actions until next time remember happiness is an inside job happiness is your inside job you may find dr geddes at www.drgeddes.com here come the tunes we'll see you next week. Thank you for being a part of Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress-Kamen. We'll do this again next Wednesday morning at 10, 11 Central here on Tokyo.